Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Ah, uh, good afternoon, Jackalope. Uh, have I used that one yet? You've used Jackalope. I've used Jackalope. Uh, how about... Uh, no, you can only get one. You only get one. Shit. All right. Well, anyway, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> good, good. And uh, it's a beautiful day, and um, looking forward to talking about a festival we went to last weekend. But that's a little teaser for the next... Uh, oh, well, that will probably have already released it. This one, that'll already be out. When so you'll just have out. to take all this out that you're... Yeah, no, I'd leave it in. <laughs> Good Lord. Fine. Um, so what's going on? What's new and exciting? What's the story? What's the scoop? What are the kids doing? It's called lollipopping. Um, what? <laughs> it's Parks and Rec. Lollipopping? Yeah, did you watch that show that religiously? You don't have to watch it religiously to remember the gag. Leslie Nope oh. was walking around and there was a lollipop on the back of her sweater. And... Uh, um, Ron points it out to her. He's like, uh, you know, Leslie, you know, there's a, a, a lollipop stuck to your back of your sweater. She's like, yeah, I know. He's like, it's been there for three days. She's like, it's a thing the kids are doing. It's called lollipopping. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to do a Forensic Files. This is uh, Forensic, forensic Files. Files. Um, episode, Epis- forensic Files Season 11, Episode 23. Forensic Files Episode 11, Season 3. Right. And what's No, the- that's not what it was. I just screwed it up, didn't I? The Forensic Files, Season 11, Episode 23. Oh, 23. Right. Episode 23, Season and 11, 23. What was it? It's a playoff of him being a, a capital, uh, being a, a police, uh, what was the play? What's the? Chief Suspect. Chief Suspect. I knew Chief it. Chief Suspect. They're witty at Forensic Files. So anyway, we're in Springboro, Ohio. And Springboro, Ohio. It's uh, 1995. 1995. Jim and Vicky Barton. Jim, and Jim is Vicky a police Barton. officer, and uh, <laughs> he's a rising more star. Oh, that was funny! <laughs> he's a rising star in the police department. Jim is. He's a and rising star. Vicky is a nurse, a and nurse. what I found weird right off the bat was this doesn't normally happen in the forensic files, but we have um, a little meet. We have a, a, a little clip with um, Jim's ex-wife talking nicely about Vicky. She loved her work. She was a very compassionate person, so I knew she was very good at what she did. <laughs> that kind of throws uh, well, th- threw me off right off the bat. I'm like, is she his ex-wife before Vicky or after we yeah, learn later who she is? I was a little is. confused by that as well, yeah. And uh, so he, um, Jim came home one day, and he finds her, and she's been shot. And we get the 911, the 911 call. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> the 911 call. 911 one, is the emergency. There's a mur- my wife is just been killed, I think. Where, where's she? Are you in Stanford? 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 That I agree with you because I thought he just seems like oh I got to clean yeah up. yeah yeah like yeah, he was yeah, inconvenienced yeah. and not you know yeah. I came home and there was three bullets in your head I don't think I'd be like God and he didn't put the dishes away I was waiting for him to say something <laughs> like that <laughs> actually know? that's kind of the way he sounded yeah, yeah and yeah. he's like oh my stuff's all on the floor and and then well we get to that I'm getting ahead of myself and then we get homicide detective J B Abshear and a lot of people look good in mustache but J B doesn't <laughs> I found that odd two behind the ear that was different we never did really come to a full understanding of 
was it overkill? We just don't know in what order they occurred. He thought it was odd that she was, it looked like she was executed. Was she, execution style. Execution killing, style, yeah. and nothing is missing. She's naked, nothing is missing. It's not like a burglary gone, burglary gone wrong. They dusted four feet high on those walls all the way back, and nothing. They dusted the bedroom. Nothing. So it was a 22 caliber rifle or, or pistol. I didn't know they made 22 caliber pistols. I thought yeah, that was always one. a rifle. Oh, whoa. And, uh, <laughs> and she had been assaulted, sexually assaulted, and bitten, which is like, was it Ted Bundy? Well, that actually, because at first I was like, that is really bizarre. And they kind of glossed over the sexual assault. Uh, they did. They, they did. They just kind of said it like she said it, yeah, 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 very yeah. casually. But uh, and yeah. Forensic Files is not above taking the cheap shot to gross oh, you out. Like the autopsy photos from the, the doctor who was killed down in Alabama. Right. Right, this one just had the pieces of paper with the body, the drawings, with the drawings on it. You but know? yeah, when she was bitten, but they didn't, I don't, it bothered me. Anyway, Major John Newsom then tells us about the day she died. Earlier on the day of the murder, Vicki called her husband to say that a young man had come to the door needing help because his car had run out of gas. And Jim didn't like that, and he said, what'd you do? And he said, I hope you put a gun in his head. She goes, no, and you know, it was okay, Jim, he just wanted gas, he was a very polite young man, and... I got him some gas and he left. So the fact that Jim told, asked when his wife said that, you know, a guy, a stranger had come by the house, said he had run out of gas. And Jim was like, well, I hope you put a gun to his head and told him to get out of here. And I was like, doesn't that seem a little excessive? You're in rural Ohio. Well, that's, well, that's just it. It is rural Ohio and he is a cop. Yeah, so, I thought I thought that was overkill. She's like, oh, you know, he came by for some gas. I gave him some gas, and he went away. It's like, I hope you shot out. You know, it, it wasn't that quite that bad, but it was still. Bad, but yeah, but when you yeah. know later on what he's about, what he wants her to do, there's a reason he he's kind of. Right. I, I feel like he was overreacting. She right. was she was reacting correctly. I think I thought he overreacted to sort of put the. Well, but see, but then again, I think there's a, I, I do the, in this one sense, I'm very sexist or uh-huh. whatever the right well, I'm, that's the word. That, I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's the right word, but a woman, uh-huh. I don't care how well-trained you are, a woman versus a man, a man can usually easily overpower a woman usually um, just physically. Yeah. So physically. So the idea of a woman who by the description, she was a housewifey type yeah. person uh-huh. and some, no, guy, no, 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 she was a nurse. She was, but well, yeah, but, but, but I'm, I mean, I'm saying housewifey, she, you know, she's not a MMA fighter right, or anything right. like that, you know, that some, she lived in a very rural, rural setting. Uh-huh. So the idea of someone coming and knocking on the door is very out of the ordinary. Yeah, that I kind of stuff so. doesn't I suppose happen. so. So a level, a higher level of concern and or self-preservation and or protection or right. whatever word yeah. you want should yeah. have been in her mind. But from the uh, way it was described, I'd she was like a innocuous. super nice person. Yeah, and it was like you ran out of. Ga- I just thought I, I thought it was kind of commonplace. Who do you runs remember, out of gas? Do you remember when they used to do those celebrity matchups? And uh, that was all a, the little claymation things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they uh, well, they actually did it in real life too, didn't they? Used to have the battle of the net, the network stars and all that oh, stuff. Oh, wait, way what back? Are you talk- I don't know what you're talking about. Then, okay, yes, that was battle of the network. Yeah, stars. Yeah. So anyway, Second City TV did one. It was oh. battle of the PBS stars. Oh, and and, oh. and it was Julia Child versus Mr. Rogers. I remember that. <laughs> and Mr. Rogers kicked her. Ass I remember because you're waiting that. for Julia Child to just mop the floor with me. Totally. 
totally trash dessert. It was John Candy. That's so and, funny. Um, who's the little guy? From, I believe it was Martin Short. Martin Short was wrong. Mr. Rogers, and yeah. it was hysterical because you're you're waiting for Julia Child to beat yeah, him up, but yeah, he yeah, just yeah. he nails so it. Um, so now that this is, uh, uh, we have more from Detective Abshire. And did you see his AR-15 monogram yes. shirt? And he, he never, was... it was, it never got in frame enough. To, there's more. I wanted to see more of it, but it's a AR-15 armory, armory yeah. something. But he also was a rather plump man. He was, and, and I do find it interesting in the smaller towns you have cops that are really heavy. Yeah, you and, do. Yeah, you yeah. can outrun them. It could have been planned. The whole thing. I mean, they could have targeted Jim and Vicky, or it could have been totally random. I don't like to arrive at a decision too quick, but I didn't like what I was seeing. I'll leave it at that. So Springboro was really shook up, and Deb Dixon from WKRC is here to tell us all about it. When we're talking about a woman being murdered in her home in the middle of the day in Warren County, that was big news. That was country. That's where people went to get away from bad things. So it was big news. She's got a very sensible haircut. You got to be when you got to race out to crime scenes. Like well, when you're hot, the, the hot ace reporter <laughs> for a small town, you got to be on the. You, you got to be quick to go. I, yeah, I think I don't think WKRC is in Springboro. I think WKRC is in like you know. Uh, um, What's a big town in Cleveland or something like that? Then nearest big town, they went to Springboro because that's she's a big city. Chick. This is a big dude. I mean, this is a big deal. This you know because murders like this don't happen that they don't. often. They really don't. And there are sections. I know it's hard to believe because a lot of people live in uh, areas where these kind of things kind of happen, and then the complete opposite. That made absolutely no sense. I realize what I just said. But there is a huge section. <laughs> so of the, I, I'll, I'll leave that in there. <laughs> so I know. Yeah, go ahead. But what I am tra- what I was trying to say is there are sections of the country where people don't get murdered. Yes, there that's are. what I there, was trying to say. There are safe places. Yeah, yes. not everybody is Springboro. And someone, and by all accounts, this was a very, very, very safe place. Things like this did not happen. So they logically they were thinking maybe this is a revenge killing from one of the one of Jim's because um, he was a cop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they. Yeah. They checked, and there was nothing they could find. And prosecutor Leslie Mayer says that the case was worked extra hard because uh, she was a cop's wife, and that's what they do. Right. The case was worked very heavily, especially because it was a police officer's wife that was murdered. And they went through every lead that they had. They could never get any solid leads, so the case goes cold. I think, like, during the fu- after the funeral... Um, Vicky's friend Marianne Lacey says to Jim, you know, if you need a shoulder to cry on or if you need someone to talk to, I'm here. You know, Vicky and I were very good friends and he called her the next day. I offered to just lend an ear if he needed a friend to talk to that had known her. And he asked me for my phone number. He wrote it down, said, I will probably call you. And he did the very next night. (laughs) And she kind of had a little, huh. Yeah. Like in her, she was like, and he called me the next day. Huh. Yeah. And, and then she got a little thing. 15 months later, they get married. And I think that must have made, I would have been like, his his reaction on the 911 call, his kind of flat, you know, like not emotional. He remarries 17 months later. Again, we've had, we've had this People mourn discussion. differently. I know. Men, I got the saying. Men mourn differently than women. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men... 
I'm telling you, I've seen it with my own eyeballs. The wife's like the 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 term. She's not even cold in the ground. Yeah, yeah you know. Yep, yep, yep. And it's it's so. Well, that he was clearly really, cut from that cloth. That doesn't really surprise me. <laughs> so, However, the way she described what happened between them, the the wife. Oh, the second wife. The second wife, Marianne Lacey. And yeah. Marianne, is that he, he was acting? He it got he, really weird he, with spending time in the basement. Yeah, and, and he was he was completely he isolated himself. So so she of course was thinking, oh well, he's just not gotten over his wife. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So okay. So he got they got married fifteen months after her Vicky's death. Right. They the marriage lasted seventeen months. months. I had that backwards. So uh, the case goes cold, and but four years later they get a break. <gasps> Gary Henson is arrested on a gun charge, and um, that is one rough-looking mugshot. Remember him? Yeah. Gaunt and... Uh, well, I'm, I mean, these... Oh, it's this sounds so superior. The criminal element. Yeah. But so many of those people, I mean, they really lead such hard lives. They make a lot of bad choices. Well, I made a lot of bad choices, too, but I still haven't gotten gaunt, thank God. So. <laughs> well, you know who made a right choice? Who? Whoever does the casting for Forensic Files reenact- reenactments nails it, because reenactment Gary looks exactly like real-life oh. Gary. I was really <laughs> impressed. That's funny. Anyway, he says his half-brother, William Phelps, told him about the murder. He said... Uh, it was supposed to be a robbery, but it went wrong. And I have to think that when Phelps was setting this up, that he wasn't really thinking too, didn't think it through too well because he ends up bringing along his tweaked out. Which, again, I, you know, why would the why, guy do that? <laughs> it's like, hmm, <clears throat> who should I bring along as my wingman? Stoic Jim, uh, reliable Ken, or tweaked out Mick. Uh, or let's go for tweaked out Mick. You're gonna go commit a crime. Do it by yourself. Uh huh. Anyway, his his half brother. Let's see. Was it four months after the uh, the murder? Kills himself because he was so racked with guilt. He acted strange. That he, he actually went through a paranoid stage, uh, sleeping with a gun and making sure the windows were locked every night. And he put traps outside his window to make alarm in case somebody would come up. Um, he acted like a guy that was very afraid after the homicide. So he never named the accomplice. Phelps's, Phelps never named the accomplice, never told Gary who the accomplice was. Um, and then they go into this long explanation about the DNA that they extracted from Phelps. They exhumed his body and they go into how the DNA and Because the, teeth, the DNA that was that they had captured from her body yeah. because of the bite marks. It ends up not matching. Oh, they, and we skipped a part. They did find out that Phelps was not at work. That day, day so he was off. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that corroborated. So anyway, with the news that the DNA didn't the news that the DNA didn't match really bothers Abshir and his bad mustache. So he has to go for a ride. I got up and took a long walk. In fact, I left the office. I drove around for a while. Uh, thinking, where do we go next? Did you see the gun rack in the back of his pickup? Yes. I did too. Um, he's always wearing that AR-15 shirt. Four more years go by, and a cold case squad reopens the file. And Jim's co-worker, Captain George Hunter, found it odd that he said the following on the 911 call. I'm checking the rest of the house. All my stuff's laying out in here. There. Oh, man. I got a call felt, man. Stay on the line with me. We were beginning some realization here that this, there's something to this or something more to this. So they think he's saying, I got to call Phelps. He's saying, I needed to call oh, for, for help. help. That he's saying, but he's, the, but the thing is, is he's not saying Phelps. He's saying Phelps. Well, 
he's clearly well they get into it robert fox an audiologist is brought in to analyze the tape and he has this insightful remark about hearing speech recognition is a science we put a lot of money into it but nothing as good as the human ear and the human perceptual system in understanding speech in part because human listeners are also human speakers and there's a very close connection between those two so he starts analyzing this section of the tape where the police are saying, why did you say, oh, geez, I got to call Phelp? We're all hearing Phelp. And you're saying, no, 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 no. I was saying I got to call for help. And then the officer was like, well, you're already on the phone with 911. None of this is making sense. It really trips him up. Well, but yeah, this is one of those. Yeah, but no, but yeah, but uh-huh. that, you know, because I'm thinking he's freaking out. And why would he say that? Yeah. I mean, is he, is, so he really, it really got fucked up. This like, uh, the he, thing- if, 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 if finger in the air, if, uh, Jim did arrange this, this was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> oh my God, this wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Kind of thing. It reminded me of Amy Poehler, that character on Little Britain. Yeah, but no, but yeah. Yeah, but exactly. No, but yeah, exactly, no. exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was such a good That's exactly show. what I was thinking. And I did, I was, in my research, they compared this to Fargo. Yes. Oh, I, I did they? Yes. They said the Fargo-like murder oh i did not know that because i was gonna i came to that same yeah, conclusion yeah, yeah. one but... of the news one of the news things said the fargo like murder oh, okay all right fargo-like no, well, oh, case or something no they like didn't that. say that in the forensic files they no, said no, no. that stuff that you read rest correct okay correct, correct, correct so i came to that i we'll get to it so he splices out different f's and h sounds from the 911 call and again i to interrupt you you can hear it. You don't need to. You don't need to. They, take- he said it was one of the easiest ones he'd ever worked on. Yeah, and it's clearly he's saying felt. There's no that they break it down. We use Audacity to edit our podcast, and it looked like they were using Audacity. I mean, <laughs> but this was you use Audacity. Good company in the car. I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> but it looks like that. But you could clearly see on the readout that he was saying a P sound and not a for help. I gotta call Phelp, man. And and it just right. and, and it was it was a piece of evidence that just put him away because they were able to take bits of tape like what he just said they were ta- they were able to take parts of his conversation and reconstruct the words I need help and I call need to call Phelps yeah and it's and on the thing and it's like fricatives include sounds like F as in f- Frank and the reason it's interesting is that in this particular call one of the critical issues with whether he said F as in Phelps or fine, or farm, or whether there was an H in there that might have indicated that he said help. Wow, that is kind of cool. It was, but, you it, know. It was. And also, when they go back and reanalyze the tape, they can hear him. He's a trained evidence technician. He knows at a crime scene, you don't move things around. And while he's on the phone, they can hear him moving around the house. They hear things moving, they hear They're furniture rattling moving. and noising and, and noises and stuff in the background. So, Jim Boy is walking around knocking shit and he's over. He's doing exactly what he's not supposed to do. And Major Newsom's here to talk about it. Lieutenant Barton. You shouldn't be doing this. He was an evidence technician. He's a trained evidence technician. He knows he shouldn't be touching or moving anything in that house. So then they say, would you be comfortable taking a polygraph, Jim? And Jim's Oh, I like, thought he agreed, or I thought he, he volunteered. He, I, they asked him, and he said yes, oh, okay. and he promptly failed. Okay. <laughs> and 
Uh, I don't know Jim, but Jim has a very kind of feminine look to him. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Now this is kind of funny. This Not goes, small feminine, big feminine. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't get feminine. But what I did get this is this is the small town in me. And, and good company in the car, listeners. No, I'm from a very small town like Mayberry, and um, the police department. Yeah, had I saw them in him. Right. The the guy who's a cop who's not quite fit, but he's not out of shape. He's not quite you handsome, know, and I, but I he's asked not. That there, there was why cops don't have to be held to a certain standard of fitness. And I forget there was a lawsuit or something. And somebody was able to argue that you can't. It, it, it was like prejudicial to make cops stay under a certain weight and be able to do 20 push-ups and all this stuff. That's why you see these... You know, wildly out of shape right. law enforcement who, you know, there was a joke in um, Super Bad, whatever. The kid just runs away from the cops and the cops can't keep <laughs> and up. They're like, ah, they just yeah, let exactly. him go. <laughs> right. Well, well, I I do. There, there are parts about that I agree with and parts about that I don't agree with. But again, being from a small town and seeing the police force, he looked like a small town police force yeah, cop. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I just. Now, living again. in a major metropolitan area like we do, uh-huh. most. I would say 75% is an accurate number. Uh, of the cops we see, yeah. I see, are fit. The ones who came to the door in Fort Lauderdale could have like been on WWE. <laughs> what, what, WMA <laughs> fighters? Yeah, yeah, they, they were they ridiculously look, They look pretty fit. badass. Most of the cops we see are pretty fit. But when you get in those small towns, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't have a lot of crime. They don't have, I mean, mm, it, yep. I'm not saying that they're not, I'm not saying they're not, I'm not about the good cops. I'm talking uh, about the good cops. I'm not saying that they don't have a lot to do or things to keep them busy, but, but they don't. But they, but you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, writing tickets isn't going to burn calories. Yeah. So and those small you, towns have like you know, uh, <laughs> what's the seafood restaurant we went to? Uh, that Long John Silver. There was one even outside of Gasway. I know. And that's the middle of nowhere. It was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> anyway, well, this this you know around town. This the story's out around town, and a waitress comes forward and says, "You know what? I saw Jim and Phelps in my restaurant." And I have to say, Forensic Files, again, the guy who plays Jim, the reenactment Jim, <laughs> Jim looks exactly like Jim him. Look like That's funny. And it, this is one of those things that always cracks me up. You're going to plan an attack on your spouse, and you're going to do it with someone that you barely know. You know, you have yeah, some they never explain how he knows him, yeah. And you're going to do it in a public restaurant where anybody can see you. People recognize police. They do. Although I, he may not have... I don't think he was in uniform in the reenactment. He was just... But you I, knew. When I was living back home, huh? I knew the cops. Yeah. I could tell the cops when they weren't in cop clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, your mom was a dispatcher. But that's not... The, I know. I, I get your point. My point is, is cops are cops. Mm-hmm. How many times have I pointed out, I'm like, those guys are cops? Uh, when they're the in time. straight clothes. You do it all the time. Well, not all the time. But, you mm-hmm. know, there's a cop <laughs> thing. There's yeah. a cop... Thing and a small town cop, in my own personal opinion, a small town cop is going to stand have, out. Is going to have that more mm-hmm. than a big town cop yeah. because a small town cop is I'm the law, yeah. I'm the police, yeah. I'm the. There's a whole mental thing for them because it's a smaller situation. Well, Gary okay. Henson, you know, the guy from earlier, the uh, the guy who dropped I'm, he now tells the cops that Barton asked Phelps to scare his wife because Jim wanted to run for police chief, and you have to be living within the town limits to do that. And she didn't want to leave the 10-acre farm out in the country. She liked her horses and everything else. So what Jim was hoping was that Phelps would go in and scare her, and he was even going to give him extra money if he would um, fire the gun over her head. But since Phelps 
springs his crystal meth tweaker buddy I who just... loses his shit and when she comes to the door he he immediately pulls out a gun runs past phelps assaults her in the bedroom and then puts three slugs in her head because she can identify him and it's like what did you think was going to happen Phelps? Uh, well he i'm going to say that i think that jim hired phelps to do this and and it was kind of like <laughs> just scared the shit out of her. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly like you know, Fargo. Kind of a thing. And they yeah. ended up, and but you know, but Felp again. This one's on you, buddy. Why did you bring oh. this guy? And I don't understand why. When if he if 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 uh, Jim had just admitted to the plot, he's like, and they weren't supposed to, you know, kill her. They were just supposed to scare her. I just wanted to move into town to be a police chief. Rather than I never knew anything he's, about it, he's I never trying knew. not to. Re- because that was also said in the show that he, after she died, he sold the farm and moved into the town right. and it kept applying to be because this it was such a time frame from when it happened from when he actually was arrested. It was it was it was cold for ten years, right? Yeah. So he actually moved into the city into the city limits and tried to be cheap. And during those ten years, was he passed over, over it was passed over three, three times. times. So the joke's on you, Jim. So. Well. Which also would lead me to think the people, the the police force were like, you know, something was hinky about that thing with the wife. Yeah. You know, like. It, it, it's not a good look. It's not a good look on you, Jim. And um, he, the charge he gets uh, that sticks or whatever, he gets complicity to commit manslaughter. And he did, I, I don't, again, I feel like that's Fargo. He well, just, he's like, I just wanted them to scare her. And, but then when they. They, you know, they they had they they had all the the goods on him. He's like, I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. And he eventually, um, the 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 Gary kid is like, I don't know who the the, the accomplice was. And Barton never admitted to, never ID'd, as far as I know, who the accomplice is. That guy's still walking free, I think, unless in your research you found something about it. But I believe the accomplice, the guy who actually, no, they ra- said, I thought they said in the thing they said the guy's name. I thought no, in the- no, they never. At the end of the Forensic Files episode, they're like, "We're hoping when all of the appeals are done or whatever that uh, he will he'll help us. He'll name the if he has any information. He may not have even known, but as far as I know, the guy who actually raped Vicky is still wandering the ugly, awful countryside of Ohio. That's not so, what I thought. Mm-hmm. But he, um- he did a he did an Alfred plea a couple of years ago um which was i don't know how he got back in the court for that but he's able he's he's home now and he's served out the rest of his sentence uh and he's a free man again i you know i don't know deb dixon is from wkrc is here one last time with this sage observation (laughs) these are pros and when you're a pro it's real simple no one gets away with murder i don't care what uniform you're wearing no one gets away with murder. I could not disagree with you more, Deb. People get away with murder all the goddamn time. She's sitting there nodding like, if you mess with the professionals, you're going to get caught every time. I don't care who you are. People, Deb, I, I mean, I think it's sweet that you think that cops and the good is always going to, you know, goodwill out and all that. But no, people. I think most cops are good. Most cops are good. I'm, no, no, no. I'm yeah, not saying you're not listening. I'm, I'm saying Deb says that murderers always get caught. And I'm saying, Deb, no, they don't. Oh. Uh, uh, most cops are good. 99.999% yes, 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 of yes, cops yes, are good. Yes, yes. I'm Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she, she says that you're always going to get caught. And that's just so naive. I mean, I, I think it's nice she thinks that, but I don't agree. But can you imagine? this goes back to me being well me being me the he got out of prison mm-hmm. and he went back to live in his house yeah well it's the house he bought after after Vicky was killed. again who's gonna talk to you 
What uh, kind of life are you going to have? Everybody's going to, I mean, you're going to have close friends who possibly think you are, we've just, we have good company in the car. I know we have discussed this subject before. If you are tainted yeah. by the possibility of a, of a serious crime, not necessarily murder, but a serious crime, you've stolen money from people, anything like uh-huh. that. And somehow or another, you have finished your time in jail or whatever, and you go home. Mm-hmm. I I don't see how you can maintain the friends you had before. I I'm gonna say, listen. So you hire a hitman to come and scare me to put a couple of bullets in the, the in the ceiling over my head because you want to move to Old Town and you have to live in Old Town to run for king of Old Town. <laughs> so the gunman comes dun, dun, dun. and rather than do that, accident. He's a really bad aim and I'm super quick and I flinch and I get in the way of the bullet and it kills me. You're and, flinchy. Yeah. So it's kind then, of annoying. It's it, very I, I know. I don't like it. Um, I was beaten as a child. Possibly. Mm. No, I don't. No, I wasn't. And uh, so then later on, it comes out. You're like, I just hired a gunman to scare him because I wanted to be king of Old Town. Frank's not going to shun you. You're like Frank. It Bullshit. Just, it, Frank would. You, Frank would still be friends with you. Oh you no! Really? Oh, are you kidding me? I wouldn't have a friend left on the planet. If you explain to him, I just wanted her to scare him. Nope. There's no way. No. 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 Huh. And, and I, me and vice versa. I would not be. For, I would have a extreme difficulty. You don't be, feel like Jim got a bit of a raw deal? No. Okay. I I, I feel like he should have been, you know, held accountable. But because I, you know, he wanted a better job. Yeah. I don't know. I th- I feel like they because financially they pretty they had to have been okay to have a ten acre farm. Well, not rural Ohio. They're giving them away. Oh but, Jesus! Ugh. Why do you do that? I make a valid point, and you, you well, I you know undercut it. I wasn't. I wasn't. You do do. You know the whole time. So, but my but but again, back to the point. My two best friends on the planet uh-huh. would cut me off. Would they wouldn't no. Uh-huh. no. I don't know. I feel I, like look, if I was if I got associated with any kind of a serious crime and or murder and or uh, you know theft or robbery, yeah, or anything, no, I, I, I'm sorry. Well, I also judging from his tone on the 911 call, I don't think he's that deep or self reflective. Well, that's and he, very and, he had, and he has a third wife now, so you know he got married yet again because she was there at the courthouse. <laughs> now think about yeah. that. Uh huh. He hired so he 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 in the in the what's it called the Alfred what's it called the Alfred plea the Alfred plea he said in the Alfred plea I understand that you have enough evidence against me but I'm still pleading not guilty yeah that's what he said they do that all that's what Michael Peterson did in the way you know, but I'm just. I, I would not be able to maintain a friendship with somebody like that. Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, I am that shallow. I don't think it was, it wasn't uh, uh, Jim's fault that Crystal Meth Tweaker Mick was, you know, in on the thing. No, that did it's it. not Jim's fault that he, after he hired someone to scare his wife, that they accidentally murdered her. Okay. I agree that it's not Jim's fault. Thank you. It's like but, bullying tea. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, but come on. Over what? Really? Yeah. yeah. And he could have done it himself. Hit- I mean, he, I don't, I don't know. It's yeah. just amazing to me. It was a really dumb thing to do. It really was. It was an incredibly dumb thing to do. And um, and again, I go back to the get an apartment in the city. Yeah, yeah. Just just a pied a terre in beautiful yeah. Springboro. I what? rolled my eyes. Appeared. Why? What's wrong with that's a perfectly <laughs> that's what it's called. What was the word again? Pied a terre. Okay, that's a French expression. Because they're, little... u- they're using that in Springboro, Ohio. No, I'm using it to tie. Just having a little fun talking you about the place. You are so fancy. Look I am fancy. There. What was but the th- word you used earlier today? Recalcitrant. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had to stop. And Ooh. here's another one: obstinate, and that would be you. <laughs> Obstinate's not that big of a word. I've used that word, <laughs> but no, pied à terre. It's a little. They, he has a little pied à terre in Paris. Is that you know? in a, like an amuse de bouche or what? Sort of. Like I mean, it's French. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little place in town. It's your little. It's a small right. apartment that you keep in a, in a city. Exactly. You know, so like, for the minimal, they could he could have gotten a really inexpensive place in the city. Uh-huh. Changed all the tags and titles and everything over to that address, and, and then got passed over three and times. Kept kept living <laughs> in the house, the the farm. Yeah, it was dumb, and you know it was Fargo like. I I, I think it's amazing. They that, did uh, they com- the article that I read very literally like compared Fargo. it to Fargo. But he's uh yeah he's sixty something now and. Uh, you know, wow! Forensic Files. Thanks. That was another good one. I really liked it. There was good. <laughs> I really nine, liked it. Nine one one with the nine one one stuff was kind of fun. And I just, you know, over over something so 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 silly. Yeah. So so yeah. silly. Well, uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Or